ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ringcast Live 2.0 with uh, your favorite cast of characters from the Ring.com. I am John Jake. Joining me is my co-host Jeff Osborne, also known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. Uh, Pocket Hostel, Gatekeeper, yeah. All that shit, tough guy. We have a yeah. we have a full house tonight of uh, several of our writers, including um, Eric Andrews. Uh, Mario Tirabasi. What's up? Sean Fitzgerald. Juliana Nikach. <laughs> Nikach. <but> Nikach. <laughs> Nikach. Um, Ray's going to be all over that. Lucas Roselle. <laughs> hey. Matt Shockey. Hey. And the effervescent and bubbly Sean Fitzgerald. Don't forget Marie. And Marie Sexton. Sorry, Marie. Yeah. yeah. The Colorado Eagles expert. That's right. Boom. That's right. Oh, and she's rocking her Eagles yes. jersey. Look at that. So, um, Gate, you want to introduce our first topic this evening? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, maybe we should go around a little bit, go around the horn a little bit. I mean, we, we had Juliana on the podcast before, but we haven't had Marie or Lucas on before. So maybe we want to start a little bit with uh, – the avalanche world and the Colorado Eagles world kind of let them uh, talk a little bit about what they're doing over there on the, uh, the rink Colorado. So maybe that's a good starting place. Fantastic. All right, Lucas, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Lucas. Um, I write for all of the Colorado teams. So we cover uh, DU Colorado Eagles and the Colorado avalanche. Um, haven't been doing much since the pause, but um, before that, uh, mostly just uh, game recaps, a couple player interviews, um, just trying to trying to get into it. Yeah, there's not much a lot. There's not a lot to do for uh, most of us right now at this point. Yeah, in time, unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm Marie Sexton. I I just am a huge Eagles fan, so just here for that. Um, and you guys were talking about Notre Dame before we got started, and we just signed somebody from there, Callahan Burke. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Um, sorry, I'm in the middle of sharing social media stuff right now. So if you get, <laughs> if you if anyone wants to take the reins and go with it for a couple minutes, sure, I'll be glad to yeah. take the reins and All go right. with it. Um, why don't uh, so why don't we everybody else who has not spoken thus far, uh, we'll start with Mr. Matt Shockey. Um, talk about uh, who you are and what you do for the rink, and maybe even a little bit of what you do otherwise. Sure. Um, I am Matt Chalky. I'm a writer for The Ring. Uh, I write for Blackhawks, do game recaps. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, i from Wheaton, grew up a huge Blackhawks fan. That's what brought me here in the first place. So Right on. Uh, how about uh, Eric Andrews? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, although you're well known to most of our readers by now. Sure. Um, my primary role with the rink is as an editor. So I look over all of the articles and um, make sure everything looks good and that they're ready to go for being published. And um, occasionally I will write about prospects as well. Um, oftentimes that's more in the summer related to the draft and any development camps. Um, so that's really my thing with the rink. Um, like Matt, I grew up in Wheaton, Illinois. And we both went to Taylor University in Indiana. Um, and 
Yeah, that's about it. Well, and without uh, tipping the uh, our hand too much, Eric has a major prospect piece about to drop, and we won't take it any further than that. But uh, you should all look for that on your uh, Twitter feed coming soon. Um, well, let's let's go to Juliana Nikach. There we go. So um, I'm probably one of the few people that's a Blackhawks fan that's not from Illinois. I'm from New York and I became a Blackhawks fan because I didn't want to be an Islanders fan and or a Rangers fan for a while. But then that happened. Um, I go to Boston University. Besides going to Boston University, I also manage social media for the Boston Pride of the National Women's Hockey League. And what I do at the rink is I'm the editor besides Eric and I edit articles when he is usually unable to, or if I get there first. And then I also write, I've written recaps and previews and all that stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Sean Fitzgerald, talk to us. I'm Sean Fitzgerald, uh, Monmouth College alum. Um, Fighting Scott. Fighting Scott right there. I am an indie fuel, the indie fuel beat reporter, uh, the ECHL. I also do some recaps for the Blackhawks. Um, the indie fuel, surprisingly enough, actually, I don't know if we're going to have hockey this later, later this year, they're going to play in an outdoor game. Um, I really? saw that on the ECHL oh. um, Twitter handle the other day and I forgot, I think I retweeted it and I forgot to, I'll try to write something up on it, but they're going to play in an outdoor game. Uh, December 31st, against the Toledo Walleye, I believe. Ah, nice. Hey, yeah. nice. Yep, so uh, yep. at Fifth Third Field. Right on. Mario Tervasi. What's going on? Uh, my name is Mario. Uh, do a little bit of everything for the rink, primarily covering the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs uh, Blackhawks affiliate in the AHL. Um, and, yeah, just jumping around everywhere and keeps uh, – keeps me busy and um if we're promoting things i got a kind of a season recap for the ice hogs coming up in the next couple of days uh up on the site so been procrastinating on it but uh kind of waiting out to see if the ahl is actually gonna you know put the kibosh on the season but i think that's kind of inevitable so i'll write it as if the season's over right on right on excellent well that's a good start yeah that's a good start um speaking of i mean with Sean bringing up the, you know, if they're going to play and uh, now Mario talking about that too, we've the last couple of days heard a lot of weird things about what might or might not happen with, you know, the NHL hockey or sports in general uh, with hearing stories about, you know, possibly playing, playing, uh, you know, seven teams in one rink, three games a day, uh, and all these weird scenarios. Uh, I don't believe any of it for a bit. I, I just think it's all, they're just coming up with any idea they can and none of them are concrete. Uh, and we're hearing more and more details on what Gary Bettman has said, like just before we started recording, uh, it was announced that Gary Bettman said that they never even considered using any site that's, that doesn't have an NHL or doesn't have NHL ice there. So, you know, Chicago, any NHL city. So Minnesota would be the central division, uh, you know, I, I guess representative, I guess you could call him. But he said that host. Yeah, host. And, and, and then he also said that, you know, it, 
it's not necessarily geographic or or by um division uh he said that you know minnesota would be one possibly raleigh uh, north carolina might be one edmonton might be one and that would be that's three of the four right there uh so i i I read an article that columbus is the fourth i thought i read I, i read phoenix was the fourth yeah, I thought from what I was from what I heard, and I, and I don't know anything here, but uh, that's the quote of the, the episode. I don't know anything here, but from what I heard was is they were trying to stay away from cities like Chicago, New York, L.A. That, yeah. and I thought Ohio was you know had a pretty high concentration of of the COVID virus, so they were no. they might try to stay away from there. No, it doesn't though. It's okay. actually been not bad here at all, because our governor got out in front of it. See. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. I'm gonna because I'll, I'll find the tweet that I read today. No, that's fine. No, 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 no. Because it's important. Um, because if it is in Columbus, they're going to be playing where my kid plays Bantam. Well, they said that's not an NHL rink, though. Uh, true. But I don't know how they do it. Then how do they do it in one rink? All those teams. That's what they were saying. They were going to run three games a day at an yeah. NHL rink, and that's three games a day every day, like that in July. I can't see how you can keep the ice up. Uh, up no, the that, par. That third game every night is going to be terrible. Probably yeah. the second game, and then slush. we're the are they going to be slush. practicing? Are they going to be having? You know, you can't just throw them out there for games. They're going to have to work out. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to have, you know, skates, morning skates, something like that. Uh, so I, I don't, I just don't see how so, it's feasible. So Larry Brooks, New York Post. Um, oh, Larry Brooks posted oh, an article oh, today God. that Columbus <laughs> is the favorite. Columbus is the favorite to host the Metropolitan Division teams. So in Columbus, they have uh, a a nice practice rink adjacent to uh, the Nationwide Ice. It's in the same building. So, yeah. Can they use Ohio State's facility? Uh, they could potentially use Ohio State too. I don't know. I mean, they you know the NHL doesn't own Ohio State, so. Well, that was the thing that I just read. I I just read it before we went live where uh, I actually put it in the, uh, in the outline. It says the NHL never seriously considered playing games at non-NHL venues. That was off the right. table. Like Denver University was one of them that they thought maybe there would be a possibility. They said, North, no, that wasn't even. lost his mind. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could logistically do this. It's not going to happen. In July. I, I don't think it's good. Well, I mean, you know, maybe, but here's my theory. My theory is, is that they're, they're planning this out and wargaming it out in the event that the disease really recedes quite a bit and they can do some form of games. Um, but th- th- there's a, a number of issues, not least of which is w- would the PA approve it? I, but I don't know how, you know, if, if there's, you know, disease out there and virus out there and people are still getting sick, I, I just can't see players staying in hotels for that period of time, eating, re- eating at restaurants, et cetera. I mean, it's just, it's, it's madness. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, that, and, and what are you going to do? Are you just going to have like those seven or eight teams all play each other constantly? Because you're not going to want to be traveling. Flights are down. You're right. not going to want to be sending crews all over the United States, right. flying, maybe having to connecting flights, doing things like that. Like you, you can't do that uh, this close to, to what, what's going on with this virus. Uh, that you're just putting too many people at risk, and for what? Uh, to money. rush these? I, I, yeah, it's going to be for money, but it's only going to be TV money because pe- there's going to be no fans. Yeah. So, what the do you do? The flight from- attendants union came out 
uh, like in the last hour and basically demanded that the federal government stop all non-essential flights. Who did? The flight attendants union. Oh, wow. Makes sense. Yeah. I have, I actually have a relative who works for United Airlines and I was speaking with my relative and uh, they said that like their flights are down to like 7% yep. of normal. Yeah. But wow. because there is this bailout that they applied for from the government that um, they're getting, they're all getting paid until like September. Right. Yeah. right. So there's no layoffs for them, but right. of course there's layoffs for other people, but that was just interesting. I, I hadn't heard that. So uh, that's some more interesting information, but did you uh, piggybacking on the same topic? Did you see the article that came out that said the NHL could proceed with the draft before possibly play resumes? Yeah. How do they do yeah. that? I saw that one. Excuse me. Why? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And that's, that's like the free agency thing. Like you right. start games in July, these players, their contracts, they signed a contract that says they're a free agent on July 1st. Now something's going to have to change. They would have to all do some kind of legal proceeding with these to extend them, do something of that sort, because you can't be, you know, icing someone who's not under contract for your team. They also got to worry about the U S Canada border being locked down. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you know, are you going to have to go around that regulation just to have games played? And what if players went back to Europe? Like what if they went home? A lot of the guys did. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the guys went went back home that are from overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I it, think getting them back wouldn't be hard. I think the NHL could pull some strings and get some, like, you know, some flights, like a handful of flights from certain big cities where they could get, you know, a number of those people over. I think that's more possible than them playing three games a day at one NHL rank for, like, a month and a half and thinking that, that ice is going to be worth anything afterwards, maybe for the playoffs, maybe for the next season. Like you're, you're starting yourself off in the hole badly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just, it's, it's not, it's not good. Well, and players are going to risk their futures. Like if you play in July, theoretically the season starts again in October, you're already into your off season. So yeah. your conditioning's off your body. Like you're risking a lot of injury there for sure. Yeah. You're risking yeah. your long-term viability of your career for what a month for an extra I, month. And when they come and when they come back, they're gonna have to skate at first too. It's not like they can just go right back into it. They were saying that they would have to do like two weeks of training before they even played. So what's the point? Right. You, right. Yeah. It, all these all these players are coming back basically after having like a mini off season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's oh, not. It's not, it's not Lucas, an all-star break. Marie and Lucas would be happy because all their players would come off of IR and they'd be able to play. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All those injured players. They could storm through the playoffs, no problem. They've been well rested. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley Cup champions. (laughs) Yeah, then we'd have to endure another Aaron Goldschmidt article about trading for Patrick or trading Patrick Kane. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Well, now that we've crushed everybody's dreams, um, <laughs> talk about next. Um, well, let's see. Oh, there um, it is. Yeah, there it is. I kept it in my backgrounds. Oh, Perfect. gosh. Love it. It is too good to not keep there. Uh, my favorite amazing. background yet. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, let's see. How about the Grigorenko thing in Columbus? Since we haven't really talked about any Columbus stuff. 
We could talk about, about uh, it looks like Mikhail, it's Mikhail, right? Grigorenko. Mikhail, Mikhail Grigorenko. Yeah, who, who had gone over, he was a member of the Avs, right? Wasn't he yes, with he the was. Avs last? He was. Yep. Yeah, he was. Before he and, was uh, drafted by Buffalo, and then uh, he was yes. traded to the Avs. Same with Zadorov, right? Yes. I think Zadorov in that trade, too. Yes. Um, and, big uh, centerman, big Russian centerman, uh, more of a setup guy than a scorer. Um, apparently his game has improved a great deal the last couple of years in the KHL and, uh, the jackets have been, uh, scouting him pretty heavily and they feel like he's ready to come back and help them out. So, and they need, you know, if there's something that that team needs right now, um, it is a little more scoring, um, yeah, secondary so, scoring big time. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big catch for them. Cause he's pretty much, uh, for, from on a lot of boards, he was the, uh, free agent the only NHL uh, free agent or non NHL free agent or uh, he was on the top of the list. So that's big for them because they needed to bring in some big fish in uh, Columbus, but uh, then they signed the contract. Then the NHL struck it down because uh, the season technically isn't over. So he can't sign a contract for the following season, right. according to them, yeah. but uh, July 1st or whenever yeah. that free agency happens, he will It'll sign work out. It'll yeah, work out. That so we'll see. We'll see about him. And they also, the Blue Jackets also announced today a uh, two-year contract extension, $4 million uh, average annual value to who is the guy who is probably maybe their, their, um, their uh, de facto number one goaltender now. I don't know. I mean, I think he, he outplayed Corpus Allo this year. I'm speaking about the, the, um, the aptly named Elvis Merzlikens. Um, and Gate, I'd love to, I don't know how, how much you've seen him. I'd love to get your, your goaltending take on him. I, I feel like based upon what he did with the jackets this year, 4 million a year is a, is a pretty decent deal for them. Yeah. Yeah. It probably is. Uh, I mean, when he started out, he started out kind of slow, he did. uh, but he picked it up real quick and, uh, he finished the, finished the year strong is probably the, probably the starter, uh, the one, a starter. Right. And, uh, I mean, they had some injuries and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looked like he, he was the real deal. So, yeah. uh, they could, they could be onto something there after losing Bob, uh, they might, uh, they might make it, make their way out of this looking pretty well or smelling yeah. pretty well. Was, was he the one that had like seven shutouts and yes. like 12 yep. starts? Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Yep. I think we talked about him in the chat, I think. Yeah. Sure yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's not a real big goaltender. I think he's like six one, maybe 180 pounds. Mm, so yeah. he's sort of like in that that sort of size um category, if you will, like uh, of Auntie Ranta, you know, or uh, mm-hmm. Yaroslav Halak. Um, but uh, he's been he was now the other thing is for, for whatever reason, the team really rallied around him. Their shot blocks went up dramatically when he took over after Corpusala went down. Um, so that's, that obviously helped them uh, as well, but if he ends up being a serviceable solid number one, that's a great deal for them. 4 million a year. Yeah. Hey, 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 at least they're not spending $11 million a year in goalies, right? Yeah. For him to have a below 900 <laughs> save percentage. Right. right. They yeah. rallied around him like Jeff glass. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> he could still surprise you. Sean has already brought up Cristobal Huey and Jeff Glass, so you are on you're on the shit list today. Uh, can Steve Passmore be far behind? <laughs> hey, <laughs> my hat. The Bullen Wall. Hobby Bullen, nice. baby. Hobby Bullen. 
I had a faded jersey of his up until like a couple. I think until my wife made me get rid of some t-shirts. And you I got think, rid of that one? Yeah, no kidding. The number was like fading off of it. I don't, oh, I don't okay. think you can see the K on his name. <laughs> I just. I mean, you don't pronounce that anyways. <laughs> That's true. I just want to say that I'm dazzled by Mario's jersey. Yeah? That is a really nice jersey, man. It is. But, but Sean, really yours that. isn't nice. <laughs> Mine isn't nice? Mine's the... the yeah. under- this is uh, 2000, gosh, what is it? 2001? Yeah, really? Yeah, 2001. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, my cousin played in at Notre Dame. That's right. In the 2000s, so I don't know That's if you right. can see it. Mom. Just in case he made it big, he signed it right there. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Yeah. From the uh, defunct CCHA. That's right, Ooh, which was a great so conference, hot. actually. It's very hot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I got the... The hockey east one. Nope, boo. Yeah. Well, we could go around the horn and everyone could give their uh, their input on their jerseys that they're wearing because everyone got dressed up. (laughs) We could do that. Except for Matt. Matt didn't. I know. I know. That's okay. Mine's boring. So is mine. (laughs) Let's go with Lucas. Lucas, what are you wearing there? Uh, Just Jazz jersey. Do you got anything on the back? Which player? Uh, Ryan Graves. Of course. Yeah. Oh, if anyone who follows Lucas knows Ryan Graves. Listen, he's a good player. <laughs> he is still hey. mad the Ranger and ghost. Still mad. I'm pretty happy that they did. I know you're happy, but I don't I'm really mad care for the Rangers. So. <laughs> I'm being honest. My jersey is from the four. This is ancient. I mean, this is from their first few years, and I. We'll be honest, I wasn't really aware of hockey. I was aware of it. I wasn't watching hockey that long ago, but um, it had all the colors. I felt like it should come out today. I it, do it have a nice. brand new Gabriel Landeskog jersey that needs to be repping. As the Eagles writer, I felt like I should be repping Eagles. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're, like a, that. you're like an old guard Eagles fan. That's good, though. We need more of that because it's that's we got Mario, who's like the, the original old school. Uh, Ice Hogs guy. I mean, he is the expert, and uh, now we've got the expert with the uh, over towards the west. Yeah, the uh, in Colorado with the Eagles. So I, I like these experts. When we had Evan here, we had the ND Fuel. Now Sean's taking that over. So uh, I, I like this minor league coverage we've got going on here. I'll have to get an ND Fuel jersey. Get I'm sure. The, uh, I'm sure the get, wife will love that. Get the black one. <laughs> I want a black one. Yeah, let's yeah. get the black one. Yeah. yeah. They, well, they had the uh, one that looked like the Winter Classic jersey, didn't they, for Indy? They did, yeah. yeah. That, that was that a nice Those were sweet, too. That Rockford also did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rockford did the, the one from not this, the, the most recent Winter Classic, the black and white one. And then the one that I wish that they would bring back is the uh, the one that was in the same design of the 09 Winter Classic for the Blackhawks, but it was the cream color. Um, oh, yeah. The, prim- the primary was the cream color. Yeah. Those were slick. Yeah, they were different. They they went a little different on that one, which is yeah. I, I like that they did that. So that was cool. Next time I'll wear my Tanner Caro jersey from Rockford. Oh, beautiful! Back. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh, beautiful. <laughs> Tanner Caro. I had a, I loved him for no reason. He was, <laughs> not, not a good player. I have, no, the, not the back all. of my Kindle is me and him in a picture of the Blackhawks convention. Literally, perfect. It's terrible. Oh, he was wow. David Camp before David Camp. 
Yes, yeah, he was. <laughs> That's a real good point. <laughs> Mine's just a plain. I'm one of the Blackhawks practice jerseys in black. It was cheap and it's light to wear, so it's very nothing nice. extraordinary for mine. No name or number on it. I left my David Runblad upstairs in the uh, closet. <laughs> yeah. And it's the it's the RBK. Yeah. Be- yeah, even before they went the full Reebok. Yeah, these are nice ones. This is because it's so light; you can wear it like any time. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap, too. So that. Uh... <laughs> then again, so were a lot of the jerseys that are in my closet because they were all on clearance, like Artem Anisimov Winter, or uh, not Winter Classic, but uh, Stadium Series jersey. Did oh, I ever tell you guys at the at the Blackhawks convention on a Sunday? I got a black the black kind of shiny face from soldier field mm-hmm. for twenty dollars the jerk like authentic jersey no name on the back the guy goes 20 bucks or and i got a, a stanley cup like red with the stanley cup patch on for twenty dollars and i was like uh i handed him the 20 and ran away i'm like you screwed up i'm taking this like was it like an independent vendor or something no it was the official blackhawk store the sunday wow. they just try to get rid of everything clearance that's wild yeah because my wife got the the uh minnesota uh stadium series with the stars on it and that the was black and white one yeah yeah cool. oh that was garbage i have it and i'm very well versed on that because let's just say i'm i'm working on a, a collaboration piece having to do with jerseys and those jerseys happen to be on them the so. worst one was the washington capitals jersey the capitals game that was the one where yeah. it was the, it was the throwback style, but they kept yes. the current logo. Yep, and yeah. then they just moved was the ho- tomahawks down. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like those. And then the next year they did almost the exact same thing, but they put the old logo on it. It was yeah. three years in a row where they did white jerseys, basically did very little to them at all, uh, changed the stripes just a little bit, and uh, they flip flopped the logos a little bit. But other than that, they really didn't do a whole lot to them. They didn't. It was like 15, 16, 17, where they did those three in a row that were just garbage like that. The the ones that they'd had for uh, the Minnesota outdoor game, I thought I gave them credit for at least doing something a little bit different. They didn't <laughs> look great, but it was something different. Yeah. The the the, the winter classics where they were, the, the white ones were meh, not great. Now we're really going down the uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> At least, no one, at least no one's got the uh, the the lobster bib Colorado Avalanche jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my jersey this evening is that of my all-time favorite NHL player, who ironically was not a member of the Blackhawks, and played for a team. Although he did actually, he was a member of the Blackhawks. I take that back. Blackhawks uh, legend Bobby Orr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the Come on. Boston <laughs> Bruins. Throwback, Bobby Orr. It's awesome. I love it. I don't wear it that often, but I love it because he was a, he was the best hockey player I ever saw. So it could be it could be thrown out there that he may be the the best hockey player that ever played, just because he played defense doesn't you know, and he didn't score a million goals like Gretzky he did. Scored a lot though. He was so he, he was so far and above better than any defenseman or maybe most of the forwards uh, in that day and time. So. I have often said that Gretzky was the best player from the neck up and Bobby Orr was the best player from the neck down. Um, Because physically he, he did things that were just incredible. And 
I mean, in addition to being um, probably the best skater in the league at the time, he, he was a point of game player as a defenseman. That's pretty amazing. I mean, this was in the seventies, not the eighties. Yeah. Paul coffee. Right. And he um, also was pound for pound, maybe one of the best fighters in the league. I mean, the guy was just absolutely incredible, the stuff he could do. And uh, I mean, if you ever get a chance to watch, um, you know, any of those ESPN retrospectives on him, watch it. I mean, you see like the skates he's out there with are, are like the skates we used to buy at Ace Hardware for our peewee games, <laughs> you know, and yet he's still like the guy was just such an effortless skater and, and so, so gifted. And he was also the best penalty killer I ever saw. He was amazing. So Bobby Orr, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> waxing poetic about bobby Orr. i i haven't read i own the Orr book i just haven't uh haven't read it maybe during the quarantine i'll bust it out you may have some time uh, maybe a little bit <laughs> well since we're talking about boston and juliana's here we had some news in the nwhl that just recently was announced this week uh, and you are our NWHL expert, even though you don't write on our site about them, you are the NWHL expert, uh, as far as what's going on. So, uh, what's going on in the NWHL this week? Yeah. So yesterday morning, uh, the news came out that the National Women's Hockey League is expanding into Canada. The sixth team is going to be in Toronto, which is really exciting because that is going to be the first team professional team that's in Canada since the CWHL um, decided to fold last year. So that's really exciting. And they signed five players. They named their team president. They named um, the owner of the team and they haven't named the GM coach yet or where they're going to play, but they basically did everything else. And it's really exciting because, you know, with everything that's been going on in the, in the women's hockey world with the PWHPA and the NWHL, it's exciting to see that there is now growth happening in terms of the NWHL since, you know, the last couple of years, they've been pretty stagnant, although they got the white caps two years ago, but you've seen a lot of growth this past year with the Twitch deal and the 50, 50 revenue split and all this kind of stuff that's been happening in, in the league. It's really awesome to see all the success that they're having and seeing that, there's going to be another team in the league that is going to be competitive. And it's exciting to see them especially expand into a city like Toronto, where obviously they love their hockey there. So it's a very exciting time. And I think everybody was pretty happy about it yesterday. Yeah. It's just too bad. It happened in a, at a time when uh, people are so worried about so many other things, they kind of, they're yeah. kind of forgetting about sports and stuff at this point in time, but that'll yeah. be, that'll be good to see in the future that they're expanding. Yeah, this- Yeah, this has been planned for a while. Um, I had originally first heard about it, I think back in November. So this has been planned for about a year or so. And I think, you know, it just happened to fall unfortunately during a rough time. So I think a lot of people were thinking like this wasn't the best time to announce an expansion, but I thought it was perfectly fine since it's been in the process in the works for a bit. Yeah, at least it's because it's positive news. So it's it's sports news and people are craving that. And I read an article, I think, a while ago that that they were saying that if both leagues wanted to survive, they ultimately had to merge together. So it's yeah. good to see that uh, they're adding former CHL teams to it. And hopefully they can, they can expand and add uh, more teams in the future to keep the league's progress going. 
Yeah, I know that they've looked at other cities. I'm not exactly sure where. I know some people were thinking maybe Pittsburgh or even Chicago because, you know, there are a lot of women's hockey players from the Chicago area, Kendall Coyne, Hillary Knight, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens in the future. But I'm really excited about the Toronto expansion, A, because you have a team in another country in the league, which is awesome. It's not just the U.S. So obviously, that's for a lot of traveling things, too. But also, another Toronto-Boston rivalry, which I'm excited for. <laughs> just, what we, just what we needed, another one of those. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's saying it's going to be Toronto-Buffalo, but no, I have a feeling it's going to be a big rivalry between Toronto and Boston. It's like, we don't really have that much of a rivalry in Boston with anybody else. Like, we kind of get chippy with every team that we play, but Buffalo and, and the Metropolitan Rivers already have a rivalry in place. So it's time for us to get an actual rival. And I think that the Toronto team is the perfect opportunity for that. Well, Boston was almost undefeated this year. So I don't know if there's any really space for a rivalry right now with that. Yeah, <laughs> especially because like, I mean, I don't know if more, when more signings are going to come out, but I have a feeling that most of the team's going to stay. Like there's not going to be much change with Boston or many of the other teams. So if they can stay pretty much the same roster, maybe add a couple of other really good players, um, solidify, you know, the third pair and maybe like add a couple more forwards to the roster. I think that they're going to be a beast again next year. And they're, especially if we don't have the Isabel cup final this year, like they're really going to be hungry next year. Isn't the draft next week? Yes, but also news came out today that the draft is happening Tuesday and Wednesday. Round one is going to be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then I think rounds either two through five or three through five are going to be on Wednesday at 7 p.m. So that's exciting as well. Ready for that. Is that on Twitch like everything else? I believe so, yes. all. I will tweet out the link and it will obviously be posted everywhere else too on all the other platforms um let me actually see if the nwhl said anything about where it's gonna be i have a feeling it's gonna be on twitch just because all the games are so that would make a lot of sense um so then is is toronto expected to be ready for next season or a season after yes they have already signed five players um four canadians one american and Mm. they are drafting first in the first round so they got the first overall pick next week and then in each round so second they're going they're going second in that round and then third fourth and fifth so they are going to be they're basically just like it's not like the nhl where we have the expansion draft and everything like that they're just going to be able to sign players right away that's good yes seattle start listening (laughs) i have i would not be surprised if toronto names their team before seattle does yeah at this rate yeah at this rate yeah definitely (laughs) I, I I forget to credit who, not to get off topic, but I saw someone tweet out like angrily, like Seattle needs to announce their team name now during the quarantine because hockey Twitter needs something to be angry about. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who tweeted yes. that out, but that's very yeah. good. I agree. I don't know. We're pretty angry. I don't anyway. want it. <laughs> <laughs> any, any hints on what Toronto's team might be called? No. So if you want to give team name suggestions, you can actually go to the NWHL's website and um, give team name suggestions, which I thought was really cool. So cool. you can decide like what you might want to name the team. I, there's 
there haven't been any leaks or anything yet. Mm. I think they're still in the process of deciding. So, what would you name it? You can't ask me that. You can't put me on the spot like that. I got no idea. The Toronto um, St. Patty's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I have no idea. Definitely not the Furies because that was the CWHL team, and probably not the Thunder because that was Markham and Brampton when they were part of the CWHL. They went, they went through like three different locations when they were part of the CWHL. I know they were Markham and Brampton. I'm not sure if they were anything else. So probably not those two, but we'll see. Um, I would like their jerseys to be red though, considering the fact that that's not taken so far. We have two blue teams or bl- bluish purple for the white caps. So well, the uh, red would, I would like to see red. The red would play into Canada pretty well. Yeah, exactly. I would like to see that, especially cause like most of they have three teams or two teams there that are no three teams that are blue in Toronto, the Argos and the Leafs and the Blue Jays. So I would like to see red. Well, and the Marlies. Oh, and the Marlies. Yeah. If we, if, if we know we can leave it up to the internet, it'll probably be the leafy McLeaf faces. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. This is true. This is true. Not that I didn't already suggest that or anything, but. Yeah, just, he's already been to the website. Your IP yeah. address has already been logged. <laughs> Not a bad suggestion. I bet you that's better than what some other people put. So. I'll get some votes. <laughs> so what else do we have to talk about here, John? Uh, we had I don't, some I, questions. We do have some questions. We had some Blackhawk stuff go on. Um, we don't. We don't get to hear a lot about what's going on in Colorado, though. So maybe Marie, if you got, is there anything going on interesting and new uh, going on over there with the Colorado Eagles at this point? Well, the only thing I can really talk about is um, some signings that we had in the last couple of weeks. New uh, guys: Callahan Burke from Notre Dame, Charlie Gerard from uh, Minnesota State University. I won't claim to know anything about those incoming prospects. I wait until they show up on my eyes before I. Um, But we also re-signed both TJ Tynan and Ryan Wagner, um, who had come over this past year from the Chicago Timberwolves, I believe. And uh, TJ Tynan is amazing, Um, second in the league in assists, I believe. He has 42 assists in 42 games. That was a good re-sign. And then um, Jacob McDonald, they just signed for two years, actually. Um, And he's amazing. He had... 16 goals this year, 26 assists. Um, I think he leads the league in defensemen for goals, although he played forward for probably almost half the year. He's just as good playing forward as back, which is why it's great to bring him on. That does mean, if I have all my numbers right, that we will have to lose down the up because you can only have the one defensive player who's between 260 and 320, or veteran player between 260 and 328. You know, there's mm-hmm. a rule... And he and Dan Renoff would both fall into that category. And since they signed McDonald, obviously that means Renoff is out. Um, but otherwise, yeah. we're just going to have to wait and see if some of these guys who, whose contracts are up this year, like Logan O'Connor, um, AJ Greer, Jason Bateman, Michael Jolie, those are all guys. We just have to wait and see if they re-up those contracts. Yeah, and they were in second place in the Pacific Division when uh, play halted. So that sinks for them. They looked like they were having a good year. Yeah, we've really been trending upwards since December, about mid-December, mm-hmm. and maybe even had a chance to take over that first-place spot in our division, but it's not going to happen now. 
They're, they're doing a little bit better than those uh, ice hogs on huh, Mario. A <laughs> uh, little bit. <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, like uh, what they were. Uh, they were fifth. Yeah. Uh, when the season ended, I think without the standings right in front of me, I think they were like maybe a, I think they're a point or two out, but you know, based on points percentage at the time of the season. Your division um, is crazy though, because you have that huge spread from like first place yeah. to third place is like 25 points or something. Yeah. It's... Milwaukee and, and uh, almost a Minnesota, Milwaukee and Iowa were, uh, they yeah. were, yeah, they were, they were having their own, their own race. And then everyone else was fighting for third and fourth. Um, yeah. I mean that I, having formerly covered the admirals, I feel really bad for them because they were like, they looked like just, they were going to run through uh, the rest of the league, you know, into the, into the postseason. And um, although we beat them, I just want to point out. Well, go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they were, they were, they were looking very strong um, as the, as the postseason was coming along. So um, yeah, it's tough for them, but yeah, I mean, the ice, the ice hogs, I, I think that they were, they were a bit up and down, but they, uh, in the kind of the middle section of the season, but they were kind of hitting a, a bit of a stride as some players were getting healthy, um, down the, down the stretch of the year. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that they had a, a decent shot at the postseason, but it was, it was going to be a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, for, for the injuries that they dealt with and, um, you know, there's the, just the youth of the team, um, this year, I think that they, you know, they, they held their own. They saw a couple players make some, some pretty good strides, uh, in their first year of, of professional action with, uh, Brandon Hagel and, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle were two top rookies this year. Um, Nicholas Bodan, late bloomer this season, he started to look good in the last maybe month of the season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough for them. Um, you know, the way that they were playing, the way the season kind of getting put to a halt, but they were, I mean, they were in the thick of it. And, uh, our, our guy, Colin Delia was, was holding down the, uh, the net pretty well, uh, back half of the season. So, um, would have liked yeah. to have seen him, you know, how he would have finished out the year. And I mean, from all indications might've been a kind of a, another pseudo type of tryout for the Blackhawks to say, you know, he's ready for the NHL. You mean he was going to take time away from Malcolm Subban? Uh, I mean, he could have taken the minute and 37 away from him. Who knows? But that means that means Tom well, here, would have played at Rockford. And, you know, Eric would have lost his mind about that. <laughs> I mean, I, Tompkins isn't. Uh, he's, he's, he's not bad. I mean, he's, he's a good AHL goalie. Yeah. If yeah. he's if he's going to be one of the, you know, the in their their rotation in the AHL next year, that's pretty much right where we, right where he fits in. So, yeah. Well, we, we, I know we have done a lot of talking about goalies lately just because of the situation that's going on, how they signed that, uh, that division three goalie, that French goalie. And, uh, you know, they're going to have a couple goalies coming back next year. Plus there was the talk about, you know, Alexi Gravel, uh, <clears throat> who the Blackhawks are technically have to sign by, uh, I think it was June 1st, uh, or they lose his rights. And I thought, that that was a slam dunk that he was going to end up uh, with the team. Uh, so there's yeah. a lot of interesting going on with a lot of interesting things as far as the Blackhawks, at least the AHL, 
borderline NHL level with goalies. And then, uh, yeah. They've yeah, had I mean, such I... luck with French goalies over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised with uh, the direction that they've kind of been going with Gravel. Um, I would have I would have thought uh, he would have been signed once the minor league season was or the the junior season was over. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really really am surprised. I be very surprised if they didn't sign him, but I mean, it kind of just looks like all of their depth in net is kind of getting packed together. And I mean, I really don't know what their, what their plan is. I will confirm you heard it. You're, you're hearing it here first at the, at the rink. Uh, I have seen Alexi Gravel selling his uh, junior uh, goalie equipment from Halifax uh, on, on certain goalie uh, marketplaces. So, yeah. Did you dark? buy it? I thought about it because <laughs> was it on the dark web? <laughs> no, it was not. But uh, I, I did. I thought about it because I'm left-handed. He's left-handed, and but his gear is just a little. His leg pads are just a little too big for uh, the short, angry uh, troll here. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's got good size to him. Yeah, and ironically though, it wasn't that much. It was like an inch or two, and he's like you know over six foot, and I'm five foot seven on a good day. So six, six, yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. That's a big yeah. difference. He must, he uses smaller pads than, uh, than I would have thought. Yeah. You know, usually they're, they're using like 36, 37 inch pads and his are only like 34s or 35s. So anyway, goalie geek talk. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> one, I, I do want to throw you, uh, throw you something here. You might not even be prepared for, but I got to ask about this guy and, uh, I'll give you a little story afterwards of why, why I'm asking you about this guy, but Ian McCashin, mm-hmm. what do you think of him? I mean, uh, he came in as probably like uh Sorella defensive wise, you know, that level of prospect, like one of the better defensive prospects in the system, but you don't hear a lot about, you know, people clamoring for Ian McCashin to show up on the, on the, on the roster. And I know he's a free agent at the uh, end of the year. So, what are your opinions of Ian McCashin that we they got from Florida for Sorella uh, earlier in the year? I initially I was surprised that this entire season he didn't get a look in the NHL. Uh, I really thought that he probably would have been um, maybe one of the one of the top two three players that if you know injury or whatnot that the uh, Blackhawks would have given a look, but it really didn't look like he was in their plan. I mean, we saw um, Lucas Carlson and Dennis Gilbert and Nicholas Bodin at the end of the season, all, all get looks um, coming from Rockford up to, uh, up to Chicago. I was surprised that McCashin wasn't, um, wasn't involved in that. He's, he's, he's kind of in that, that middle ground of, I know we talked about the last time we did one of these kind of the, the, the four a <laughs> player where, you know he's he's really skilled at the at the AHL level. He's gonna do. He's not a he's not a flashy defenseman. He's not gonna put up a ton of points, but he does everything that you know you ask uh, of him at that level. I don't really know how much his game has translated to the NHL level. I know he, he, when he was with Florida, he had a, uh, a a handful of games with them, but uh, I I just think with with Chicago they were kind of set in who they wanted to play this year defensively and um, you know, with Adam Boquist becoming, you know, an NHL regular, I think 
you know, when he started the year in Rockford, I don't think Chicago really was planning on him being in the NHL as much as he was, but he ended up playing his way in. And, um, you know, I, I think McCaution's a good player. I, I really don't know if they bring him back, what kind of NHL, you know, uh, look they could maybe promise him. Uh, yeah, and also they have like Ian Mitchell coming, and you know uh, exactly. Alex Ragula. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Like those are two new players that are coming, and uh, they 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 have to unload players on their NHL roster to get room for defensemen. So, uh, right, that's what you get when you draft all defensemen or trade yeah. for all defensemen and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have you have Mitchell coming to the fold. They it seems like you know the the Blackhawks like Dennis Gilbert a lot. Um, Lucas Carlson in the in the short uh, stint that he had in Chicago didn't do anything to show that you know he didn't deserve it. Um, and I have a feeling that Nicholas Bodan might be, whether he's ready or not, is going to be the the player that they start to uh, give more opportunity to. So I don't know. I really don't know where they uh, where they fit McCaution into that if he is part of their future plan. Um, but I know that you know, he's, he's young, he's serviceable. He, you know, he might be the, a really good top two AHL defenseman, maybe a six or seven with another team. I don't know. I, I really don't see where he fits in given the players that they have now, the direction they want to go and players that they have behind them. Yeah. And then they had TJ Brennan too. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, how, many, how many times have they reacquired him? Twice, three times. Seventeen. This, yeah, this was his uh, his second go around with the ice. Is, is he the Carl Everett of Chicago now? Where the <laughs> we're going to reacquire Carl Everett and Roberto Alomar because you know, we need them. No, that's Jeremy Morin. Yeah, I was just going to say Jeremy <laughs> Morin. <laughs> now, speaking yeah. of shir- uh, player shirts, I have Jeremy Morin one upstairs. Nice. So, nice. I should I should have brought that one out. But. Oh. Yeah, uh, Brennan was. Uh, I don't know. There's a there's there's a story there. Yeah, uh, we. I saw a tweet somewhere about something. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> he uh, when he he because he was with Lehigh Valley, and mm-hmm. um, you know he went from what three time AHL defenseman of the year to, uh, you know, he's just age is probably catching up with him and amen uh, you know from (laughs) from, uh when he got when he got traded here i was talking to uh some people who i know are are affiliated with the the philly organization and i was like has he been hurt like you know i not wasn't totally following everything going on with him and they were just like he's just he's been sitting at home they had him away from the team basically um so it was it was interesting to see that move be made um i mean he came in played right away didn't look bad uh for the roles that they gave him but then you know the, the season was kind of cut short and you didn't really see what kind of role he could play with them so yeah. i don't foresee him coming back yeah i don't either i don't i don't see the the use that they would have for him no not at all well, that was our AHL segment. We went from Colorado to uh, too bad we don't have Ron here. He could have he could have done the Wolves and we would have been killing it here. <clears throat> Need to get a Cleveland Monsters uh, uh, AHL writer. Yeah, on the we site. Should. Yes, we do. That's one of our 
one of our many, many needs, uh, writing needs. We just need, but you know what we need stuff to write about. Right. How much yeah. point of recruiting yeah. writers when we don't have anything to write about? They can detail the the historic career of Anton Forsberg. Oh, yes, they can. That's right. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm just naming out all the bad goalies. Where tonight. where are they oh, now? <laughs> yeah. How about JF Barube? That's Ooh, what I was about oh, to God. say. That's a name. There's French a name. French for can't stop a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> French for better in the press box. Yeah. No, another guy that they uh uh, AHL team let him just kind of go home before the season was over. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 happened a couple of times. Yeah. So, all right, what else we got here? Um, well, we did talk about Ian Mitchell and Michael Tepley too. Uh, I know Eric, you're the you're the prospect guy too, so you could probably weigh in. Um, what do we think about uh, Tepley? Can he, you know, make a difference in Rockford next year? I mean, I think at the time that they drafted him, he was probably a little bit under the radar. Um, not too many people were super familiar with, with his game. Um, and then it seemed like once he made the commitment to come over to the CHL after being drafted by Winnipeg, that that kind of, I don't know if it flipped a switch for him or, or what, but he looked really good in the CHL this year. Um, I don't have a stat in front of me, but I think he scored somewhere in the vicinity of 25 or 30 goals this year. Um, I think he was close to a point per game. Yeah, yeah. 29 goals, 34 assists for 63 points. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, a pretty strong first year um, in the CHL. And, I mean, who knows if that will transition to the pro game. We'll have to see. But, I mean, you have to at least like that he was able to do that. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's a – you get, he's a decent sized player. He's like six three, isn't he? Six three, maybe over two hundred pounds. So I mean, that could go either way. You don't if he's not fast enough and can't keep up at the AHL level, then that could be trouble. Right. You turn into Radovan Bandra then, or something like that. Oh, that's amazing. Oh man, I wow. had high hopes for that guy too. Prospect I mean, that camp favorite. Yes, he was in prospect <laughs> camp. He was a maniac, and he was like six foot four. Yeah. He was just plowing through people, and then yeah, he couldn't barely break the line up in. Uh, in Indy, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Tepley will be interesting because he's, he's in that, that um, same, same situation that Boquist was in where he could go to uh, Rockford as being under 20 years old because he, he was technically drafted out of Europe or he could play another year uh, in Winnipeg if, if that's where Chicago decides to put him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, good size player i mean i think he was the fourth overall pick in the uh import draft for the whl so i mean they they liked what they saw out of him at the at the junior level and it translated pretty well okay so moving on just slightly and it's as ironic that aaron's not here for this but some of the colorado folks who do cover du could probably speak on this as well um, the big news and everyone's uh, was so worried that whether Ian Mitchell was going to sign with the Blackhawks or not. And uh, it was another one of those cases where it, it, there was never any doubt he was signing right. and, and the whole thing. Uh, but he's, he, he had a really good year. I mean, Lucas may be able to uh, give us a little bit more of an insight on the year that Ian Mitchell had, but, uh, and I know Aaron could, if he was here, but 
to that. <laughs> so um, I only really kind of jumped into DU coverage um, about halfway through the season. So I don't really have like the full scope on him. Mm -hmm. But from what I've seen, I mean, I think he he has areas to improve definitely, but he's definitely a good skater. Um, he jumps into the rush a lot. He's good on offense. I think defensively, um, they're going to want to see him tighten up a little bit more. Um, but I mean, I think that he's going to do well for Chicago, but I don't know if y'all should be pinning like the future of the franchise on him. I've seen a lot of people <laughs> yeah, on no. Twitter doing that. There you go. I, no. I don't think Thank agree, you. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, we need something to be hopeful for. Yeah. But oh, every I mean, year. Like, yeah. He'll be good, but I don't, I mean, like, it's not like this one player is going to fix it. He's no Kel McCarr. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, see. Now, I like to see someone from another market saying that because it seems like it's always, you know, Mario Us. and Eric and, and John and I always saying, like, you know, don't the break hopes into this guy. He's not going to step right into the lineup and yeah. turn into Kale McCarr. I mean, that's so rare that something like that actually really happens. I mean, yeah, I generally, I don't really really look at any one player as like they're going to fix the franchise. I mean, yeah. even Kale McCarr coming in, like we knew he was going to be really good, but I think a lot of the improvement we saw from last season to this wasn't just him. It was more of like, we got a lot of new guys. I, I mean, just hinging your expectations on one, like fresh out of college player, I don't think is the way yeah. to do it. I totally agree, Lucas. Thank it's you. happened so many times yeah. in Chicago. It's every year. It's Dylan Sakura one year. True LeBron. You know, oh my it was God. It, it runs. Drew LeBlanc okay. and his YouTubes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if if Ian Mitchell turned into 75% um, of Kale McCarr, Stan Bowman should go out and buy a lottery ticket. You know, I mean, I, I you know, the, the reality of it, and I'm not going to claim to be the world's biggest expert on Ian Mitchell. Um, Aaron will. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, Aaron and I have a have a bit of banter to, to borrow uh, Jake Martin's term back and forth around <laughs> college players and perhaps overvaluing college players. In terms John, of it's players. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I've exhausted Aaron so many times, but you know, we'll see. I mean, but you know, gate, I mean, and Lucas, you nailed that. I mean, every year, every summer in Chicago, there is a prospect who is going to be the salvation of the franchise is going to turn everything around and to varying degrees, it never happens. I mean, probably the one guy I would say uh, kind of did it was, was Brandon Saad in 2012, but that was a great team. That was a great team. And they were able to slot him in with two future Hall of Fame players um, on the top line. And, you know, but he, and he contributed a lot, but I mean. He also even, had half a season in Rockford. To, right. Exactly. To get ready. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, uh, to bring it his rookie year, he, you know, he was terrible. The first 20, 25 games, he was pretty good after that. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, these guys, you know, a lot of these guys that, that, that get this build up every year and it's, it's always, you know, one year it was Tara Vinen, another year it was Nick Schmaltz and, and um, Marco Dano. Yeah. I mean, it's always somebody. And the reality of it is when they pursue Jimmy VC. Right. Right. Oh, and God. uh yeah. I mean be glad you didn't sign him yeah I mean it's it's very rare that a kid comes right out of college or right out of junior and is an impact player yes Patrick Kane did it but how often do you get a Patrick Kane in your in your system maybe once every 20 or 30 years so everybody just chill out about Ian Mitchell please 
Yeah. Even at the AHL, I feel like we see that all the time, that people overvalue the prospects. They watch them in NCAA, they watch them in juniors, and then they're like, this is it, this is the kid. And maybe in, yeah. in Colorado, it's not, they're going to save the abs because the abs are doing okay, but there is this big hype that they're NHL ready, this is it, they're going to just dominate in the AHL, and they, they don't. You know, they show up, and the AHL is harder than people oh, think it is. And I think a lot of these people who watch the NHL and they watch the prospects, there are a whole lot of them that never bother to watch an AHL game. And so they don't see that these guys don't just step in and dominate very often. It, it takes, I mean, there's a reason that the average entry level contract is three years long. You know, it takes a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the, the, the AHL is a different animal than the NHL because you yeah. have, you have a lot of, you have a mix of, you know, okay, here's young guys making their first, first year in the professional game. And then you have guys that are maybe seven, eight years into their professional career. And they're just, they're scrapping to try and just keep, keep playing hockey, keep getting contracts. Right. And, you know, there's guys on the cusp of playing in the NHL and some guys, their, their job might be to, to rough some people up. So they're going to be, you know, extra physical on, on players that, you know, maybe are coming into the league in their first year and they don't, they don't know the speed of the game, the physicality of it, and take advantage of it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I look at a guy like like Brandon Hagel. You know, he came out of the WHL uh, as, like, I think he was, like, the third or fourth highest scorer his last year in the WHL, like 110 points or something like that. He comes in, into the AHL this year, and he was, he was a, a good player for Rockford, but far from one of the top rookies. Um, so, I mean, it's it's – the, the jump from, from junior to the NHL, there's still a, a, a big step to take even at the AHL level. So when you look at guys like Doc and Boquist, they were able to make those steps this year and not look like they were in over their heads. But it's rare that you get a lot. That's rare that you get guys like that in their teens that can, can make that jump. So I think Mitchell's 21. You know, he's had a couple of years in college. If he can make that jump right away, Great. Yeah, but it's it, it's going to be there's going to be an adjustment too, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. no doubt. I mean, there is for Bolkvist, who was dominating, you know, in junior and was having a decent AHL year. Like, yeah, he came up and he just looked like a you know a, a normal player. There wasn't anything that really stood out, but uh, yeah. Well, it isn't the scoring, uh, like the amount of points people put up in juniors, like completely and utterly not even close to what they their potential is in the nhl or something like we discussed the last time we were on um dave boland was a prolific scorer in juniors and he he never really that never really translated to the ahl and then the nhl after that kyle beach kyle beach Mm -hmm. yeah yep and yeah um i read it was a book i read it it was an ahl book about just players like playing in the ahl and how different it is for other leagues and like like Mario was saying, there's career guys who maybe they're not they're just below being able to play in the NHL, but they're not they're pretty good for the AHL and they get that NHL contract and that's like their livelihood. It's different than there's it's definitely an adjustment period for I think that everybody, unless you're a top three pick, you're not gonna go directly to the NHL or, or especially if you're like a fifth round pick or fourth round, like you're gonna need that season. And Ian Mitchell, if I correct me if I'm wrong, he's a fifth rounder, right? No, second. second. No. Okay. 
That was when they went like they they, they did two they defensemen. Or it was Yokiharu and then yeah. Mitchell. Gotcha. Yokiharu Mitchell, and then the next year it was Bochris and Bodan, and they had picked another defenseman too in there somewhere. So Alex Vlasic. Vlasic. Uh, Moberg. Go be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, we talked about Tepler. We talked about Mitchell. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Do, what, what else do we talk about? The questions? Let's do questions, maybe. Getting to some questions. Yeah. Well, Jackie Davis sent in. Um, I, I see there's, there's some other questions here, but uh, Jackie Davis sent in. Not so much going on here, and this is going to light me up. Uh, here, here's my question. Too much talk about bringing back Big Buff. I hope not, but you know, Sip, Stan simply can't help himself. Which former Hawk? does he bring back or which over the hill player uh, does he sign? Uh, what? I, I, you can't bring Buffalo back. You're not going to be able to afford them. They can't afford the guys that they have. They have to shed salary just to be able to make moves and stuff. Buffalo's going to make, if he can play, he's going to make in the area of three and a half, $4 million at least. So and and it, the thing I, is like they yeah. terminated his contract because he couldn't decide if he wanted to play or not. It's like, we don't even know if he wants to play. We don't even know if he's going to come back at all. So there's no point and, in investing in that. And his level of conditioning when he did play, I heard rumors that he was close to 400 pounds at one point. Like that's how, or th- he was huge. 300, yeah. 300 pounds, I'm sorry. Yeah, 300. Um, but I mean, even 290 <laughs> for a hockey player is a lot. But, sti- but still, that's, that's yeah. and we, we've seen this this story before. Andrew Ladd, like you, it doesn't work. There, uh, You can't go home again. To quote Bon Jovi. Yeah, I love Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> he's, he's a great kid. He is a very unusual athlete um, in that he could he could be an effective NHL player at 275 pounds. Um, and, you know, one time when he was at around 245, I actually saw him in person skate down Sergei Fedorov from behind. And that's pretty amazing. Um, but you know what? I mean, he's 35 years old. He's, he's coming off a, a serious lower body injury, which at his weight is a, is a big problem potentially. And, you know, the money involved, et cetera. And the Hawks, I mean, yes, any team could use a guy like Dustin Bufflin, but Dustin Bufflin, if he can still play, makes the most sense for a team that is a playoff contender because in the playoffs is where he's really a difference maker and the Hawks aren't, and they, they can't afford to spend that kind of money on a guy on, on the odd chance that they might make the playoffs when they still have so many other holes. It's just, it's just stupid. Yeah. Well, it, it, we all know this, but the, the average person is just going to remember the name Bufflin and they have a Jersey that they bought, you know, a, a Hong Kong classic that they bought <laughs> after they won the cup in 2010. And then uh, they want him back because they want to be able to wear that Jersey again. It's just so stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure this, this narrative is being fueled by the, the replay that NBC Chicago did of the 2010 cup run and everyone's seeing, you know, young Bufflin dominating against that. Exactly. Exactly. It's a completely different player 10 years ago than he is now. Um, Yeah. To, to, to John's point, it's, if he can play, uh, you know, a, a specialty role on a, on a playoff contending team, that's what he's, that's what he's looking for. He's not, you're not going to get, you know, top four pairing Dustin Bufflin that's going to play 20 minutes a night. And that's, that's, that's unrealistic to get out of him after missing an entire season where he's probably just hanging at home, 
in Minnesota just chilling. And it has been for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For an entire year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be the next thing, the, the thing next year. I mean, everyone uh, just jumps to the assumption, oh, we're just going to buy out uh, Ali Mata and they're going to buy out Zach Smith and everything's going to be fixed and all this great oh. stuff's going to happen. I'm like, I don't know that this team is any better without Ali Mata out there. Agreed. No. Agreed. No. Uh, what, what are you doing by that's not addition by subtraction that's subtraction by subtraction Oli Mata and Zach Smith were relatively effective in their roles that they needed to play yeah yeah you know if you're trying to buy anybody out it's the it's the defenseman who's over the hill overpaid and coming off of you know six million dollar man surgery but he's got the buyout proof contract that won't really even help them out. So they're stuck with what you know, the hoping that he's, you know, hoping that one, the, the, that term compliance buyout comes around, right. Which, you know, the second that is announced, he will be bought out and, uh, or him being injured, which, you know, would be unfortunate. He did have, you know, the, the shoulder and two hips operated on. So it's not like, uh, it's not too far fetched to think that that could happen, but, but he's such a great guy in the locker room. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, yeah. so so great. He's so worth seven million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that they're going to have to trade or you know worry about being able to sign Kubalik to an extension or be you know be worried about uh, signing maybe Dylan Strom since we figured we found out that that was kind of hogwash. But you know, re-signing one of these RFAs or UFAs or something like that, or, or signing Corey Crawford to be their starting goalie for next year because. Uh, Brent Seabrook is making $3 million more than he probably should. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the team is, if the team is trying to move forward, their loyalty to the guys from the, the one goal era teams needs to take a step back because it's a big it's step outside of Taze and Kane and Keith to a limited extent. Those are, those are the guys that from that era are, are worth anything anymore. Corey Crawford, you get him on it one, like what, one two year contract. If you have no other contingency plan in goal, fine. They but, have no other contingency plan. Exactly. No, exactly. They traded Ron yeah, Leonard. They couldn't so, get a deal done with him. So, yeah. well, I don't think that they, uh, I think they didn't want him to stick around. It's seeming Ridiculous. more and more like they, uh, they got to a point where they were just like, oh, he's going to be too good. We're not going to be able to afford him we're just going to let him go because uh, everything that I, that I heard, they were, they really kind of really wanted a low ball more. wanted him for two years. Uh, and he wanted, you know, like a long-term five to seven year deal. Uh, he deserves. Yeah. He He totally deserves that. And uh, well, for, for a team that really keeps a lot of the personality of their players tight to their vest, I don't think that they liked what he was doing and, being an attraction post game and whatnot. So I agree. I mean, it was a breath of fresh air for, for this, you know, for the Blackhawks to, to have somebody who was going to be honest and, you know, give a, have, have kind of a, a voice within the league. That was refreshing. And I don't know, I guess it's, it's, it's a difference of a character, difference of character, I guess. That's, that's, that's what I chalk it up to why Robin Leonard's not around. Cause if you, I mean, if you're looking at what he did on the ice, he deserved an extension. No question. 
Yeah, the second it turned it, it turned January first, he should have, uh, you know, had an extension. But yeah, it yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to do it this way, and and I don't know. I mean, maybe they have a plan. Maybe they have an idea, something we don't know about. Uh, maybe Eric has some ideas uh, about this in the future. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, right now it doesn't seem like they're going. It doesn't seem like they have much of a plan. And that's scary because when you don't have a guy that you that can stop the puck, you just look at you know what the Blues did before they f- finally found Bennington that could actually just stop a puck at a league average level. Uh, if the Blackhawks can't do that with their defense this year, they would have been a nightmare if if they didn't have two goalies that were playing all star level you know hockey all year long. We would have been the Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah. Historically bad for sure. I mean, they might have scored a lot of goals, but they're going to give up a lot more. And they their were defense is terrible. Yeah. Who the Hawks couldn't beat, by the way, the Red Wings in one of the last games that we actually played. The game yeah. that Subban should have played in for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Give yeah. <laughs> the man his one game to play. No, uh, they, they're going to make a playoff run. That's what they were going to do. That's the what playoff. they thought. Okay. The playoff payoff. They were going to play Corey Crawford every single game until he got hurt and then uh, claim that they were going on a playoff run. Yeah. Until he went to a concert and fell down a stair. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh gosh any former first round bust that we can trade for that are goalies uh i bet that i bet we could do I'm that sure there, <laughs> i'm sure there is i mean look out for that i'm just saying stan stan likes those guys thatcher yep. demko oh gosh you want hemrick lundquist uh, <laughs> we yeah. get over. five or six years <laughs> yes. ago sure Julianna, yeah. sure well, when he took the rangers to well, the cup against the kings well, the thing is, he's still a very good boy, but he wasn't playing out of his mind like Yorgiev and Shesterkin were. So there was no way he was going to play for the rest of the season. And I'm going to be really sad if his career ends with a buyout because he doesn't deserve that. But yeah, I don't think it will. Somebody will take a chance on it. No, I don't think so either. I think he's still too good to not play for a team, especially if he goes to a team that needs a backup really bad. Like, I think he would still be willing like, to do that. Florida. But I don't know what's going to happen, but it's depressing me, honestly. Yeah. Make me depressed. <laughs> what about the Flames? They need a steady goalie with with Riddich too. Yeah, sure. Send him there. It, I I don't know if I could see Henrik wearing Flames colors, and I'm a Flames no, fan, so. Well, that's the yeah. thing is I can't see him wearing anything else but a Rangers jersey. Like it's gonna be so weird if he does, but who like, knows? Like Bobby Hall wearing a Whalers jersey. I don't yeah. think Lundqvist's <laughs> style fits. I don't think Lundqvist's style fits Calgary very well. No. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have like a three-prong question here, uh, and it's for the Colorado crew, probably led by Lucas. Um, the first one was, is if the Avs make the playoffs, do they go with Groove, Frankie, or split the net, or the hot hand? Um, that one's difficult, uh, just because uh, Grubauer was out for so long. Um, he had some... Uh, like some good stretches, but he was so injured. We didn't really get a good look at him. Um, but Frankie's been playing out of his mind lately. So honestly, they might've done tandem, but they also might've just, if Frankie had a couple of really good games, they might've just ridden him because he's he's been pretty outstanding. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they went with him. I mean, with the, the extension he signed and uh, and then seemed to be, you know, he was the hot hand for a while. I, it just might as well, That's what wins you a Stanley Cup, a hot goalie in the playoffs. So yeah. yeah, the one note about Frankie is um, his like he kind of got bailed out for a little bit there uh, just because the Avs had really high scoring games 
So mm. um, on some of the games, like he let a few more through than he should have, but I think for the most part, <clears> they're pretty tight. Like he got that like we had that road trip where I think he allowed like two goals in four games or something like that. Like he had like a shutout and then like a one goal game. It was crazy. Yeah, that's uh, I agree with you on that one. Um, the second one, if the Avalanche have to choose between Z- Zadorov and Graves, who should they extend? <laughs> Hash, or, uh, in parentheses, uh, this is for Lucas, clearly. Going <laughs> uh, at the heartstrings. No, I mean, it's a good question because I think that is the question for the offseason. Um, I think there's arguments both ways. Uh, I think Zadorov is definitely uh, more physical on the play. Like He throws a lot more hits, um, but he's also really inconsistent. Uh, he has been this season uh, he had like a streak of brilliance where he was like shutting people down but then he just kind of I don't I don't know if he stops trying or just gets off his rhythm but he's had some nightmare games also so um, there's that I've also heard rumors he's like hard to work with I don't know if there's any like truth to that but that's something that was like a point in favor of trading him um, but he has more experience um, I think with Graves in my opinion which is biased I think he's definitely like He's improved so much from last season. I want to see how much better he gets um, because he's been pretty consistent. Um, and in terms of chemistry, I, he's worked the best with Kale McCarr, I think, this season. So there's arguments That's both cool. ways. I'm not sure. <laughs> Man, when you guys were talking earlier about Graves coming from the Rangers, I'm thinking Adam Graves. That's how old I am. John. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like, Peter Graves from Mission Impossible. <laughs> I was thinking Danny Graves from the Cincinnati Reds, New York Mets. Oh my God. <laughs> Oof. Jeez. Now, you're, now you're really good. That's a deep cut right there. Yeah. You're stressing me out. <laughs> that's how my brain works. It's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. And the last one is Will Logan O'Connor make the as next season? Can he replace Nieto on the fourth line? And I guess yeah. Marie can can maybe uh, jump in on this one too. Well, I'm biased. I know my Eagles. I won't claim to know the abs anywhere near as well, but Logan O'Connor's awesome. He's amazing. I absolutely think he could be a fourth line player for the abs next year. What type of player is he? Scrappy. Who's not familiar? Scrappy? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, okay. yeah. he's fast. He just goes 100 miles an hour the entire time. He never Energy lets player. up. He's just, cool. yes. Yeah, because, you know, here, a fourth-line player could be anything from Dylan Sakura, who doesn't go anywhere near contact, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Andreas Martinson, who just, you know, oh, only hit people, you know, can only hit people, can't hit the puck or anything like that. But, yeah. Yeah, I think Logan is just fast. He never quits. He never lets off the gas at all. Sorry, Lucas, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I mean, you know more about him than I do. But just from what he did with the Avs this season, I think that we need more players like that that are willing to, like, do the hard work because we have a lot of like really good shots but i think we definitely would benefit from some more like kind of just tough it out guys who can like you know actually get in on shifts and not just kind of rush forward and shoot <laughs> john I, john i think uh I, I know where your mind's going i could probably see it in your eyes about that's playoff hockey you know some <laughs> tough fourth liners that have a lot of energy that could dig in the corners and could take a you know uh defensive zone face off things like that uh, you need, yeah, you need both. I mean, um, you know, it's it, and if you've got guys who can play both games, you know, if you got guys who can play the the rough stuff in the corners and can also have have skill and can produce offensively, I mean, like a Dustin Buffalo, for example. I mean, 
those are the guys that, uh, you know, you win championships with and, and, uh, but yeah, you need those guys. You need those energy guys, um, you know, for your fourth line, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor's also great on the penalty kill. Um, I think hmm. this year wasn't quite as outstanding, but last year, I think he led the league in short number goals. That sounds right. Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, where, we, where are we going to go from here? I think uh, we don't have any more questions, but um, I wanted to go back to Maria a little bit since she's, uh, you know, uh, the, the other AHL expert we have on the call. Um, we know from Mario and from seeing a lot what, ha- you know, what actually goes on uh, out in Rockford just because we're so close to Chicago and how the support for the fans, you know, what the fans are for there. What kind of fan support is there out in Colorado for an AHL team? Oh, it's amazing. You know, we were ECHL up until just uh, two seasons ago, and our barn is, is packed every single night, even weeknights. Um, now we have a we have a small facility. Um, it's five thousand two hundred eighty is the maximum capacity. So, you know, it's not giant, but it's full every game, every night. Doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday, it's full. I think Aaron wrote a really good experience piece on it, uh, just because we went to one game this season, and it was, I mean. That's crazy. Like it was very loud. Yeah, it's very loud. Yep. Yeah, that's real. That's real good. I I often wondered, and and I know this is probably sacrilege to uh, the people who are Ice Hogs fans, um, but I, I often wondered whether the Blackhawks would ever investigate, uh, you know, having the Wolves be their AHL team because they're so close. They could shuttle people back even faster than Rockford. And, uh, you know, it literally is right down the street. Uh, I often thought that, you know, maybe that would happen, but they, they seem they have that strong foothold in Rockford. So, you know, it's not happening anytime soon, but there could be, and we saw, you know, some news a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago that there could be some more shuffling around going on. So. Definitely. And it, um, it worked out for Pacific level team or Pacific teams too. Like, um, uh, one of the Anaheim Ducks defensemen, who I can't remember his name, he's now with Vegas. He used to practice with the San Diego Gulls and the Anaheim Ducks in like the same like day. So, um, Shea Theodore? Shea Theodore, exactly. Yep. And that's because San Diego and LA were just so like it's a couple hour drive that he could, yep. Anaheim and San Diego were like a couple hour drive that he could do that. So, yeah. I think with Rosemont and Chicago, it's, on a good day, you can make it downtown in like 45 minutes on 90. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be, that would be pretty good. Well, I have to say like being, having Hartford and New York, like I've been to both rinks and not this year because the Wolfpack were really good this year since they basically like completely overhauled their system, got a new coach and everything like that. And they, the Rangers have done a really good job in the last three to four years of actually drafting well and signing players that could actually stick in the system instead of just, you know, players that they never thought were going to make it because they kept trying to put teams out there that could possibly win with Henrik Lundqvist in net, but then they stuck to the rebuild. Like before this year, Hart, nobody was ever at Hartford. I think I went to a game two years ago for like $5 and I was like three rows back from the ice and there was nobody there. I want to say there were maybe 200 people there. And like Hartford's not far from New York at all. I think it takes maybe like an hour and a half to get there. If you hit no traffic, 
So I think it depends on like how invested. I think with the Chicago fan base, it's definitely like they'd be a lot more invested to go to those games if they were in Rosemont or something like that. But it it all depends on the team. It all depends on the fan base because the Rangers fan base is nowhere near that dedicated. Any anything you want to add to that, Mario, with the AHL talk? Uh, I know you don't want the, the Wolves to be there. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the location would be great. Um, you could almost walk there. But I think, but I think, um, I think for, for so long, the Wolves and the Blackhawks have been kind of competing for, mm-hmm. for attention in the city. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, the relationship building would be between the two organizations, especially since Chicago prefers to um, operate independently. Um, I mean, the, the, the setup would be great, but I think, you know, the, the, the way that the, the Rockford Chicago partnership has gone for, you know, the better part of 12, 13 years now. Um, I think that that that's been working. I think both, both organizations feed into each other pretty well. Um, you know, to, to, to change that up would be, would be interesting. And, and, and in all honesty, I feel like if, if the Blackhawks and Ice Hogs were not affiliated, I don't know how keeping a team in, in Rockford would, would be able to continue given, you know, what team might pick them up as an affiliate or, or anything like that, you, you might end up seeing a, a situation like like Vegas, you know, if let's say hypothetical, like Seattle, I know Seattle has a team coming in, but um, you know, if, if it was, you know, the, the NHL was expanding and a, and a, a team needed a, an AHL affiliate and Rockford was out there, you know, if it's on the West Coast, there's, for them, there's no use in, in having a team in, in the Midwest if you need a team out, out uh, on the coast or, or whatnot. So it would be different to see what they would do, but I, I really don't foresee that partnership um, splitting up for any reason other than, gosh, I don't even know money, but it, for me, it seems like the partnership between those two teams has been strong for the last couple of years. And I don't really see any, anything changing that. Yeah. And they, they seem to be pretty happy with what's going on uh, out in Rockford. Yeah. right now yeah yeah cool uh i think we're out of questions uh except for the one the one that was asked uh first which is what, what's the best canadian food i know john weighed in on that a little bit yeah i'll i'll dive back in on it so um i spent a lot of time in canada about 15 20 years ago and and uh in a lot of different places and you'll you won't get agreement from one place to another in canada by the way about what the best foods are because canada is like seven different small countries within one large country and uh but but a couple so poutine is the great it may be the greatest food known to mankind if it's made the right way (laughs) um and uh you check my twitter feed and see see uh what uh, what I believe is the ultimate recipe for for poutine is pretty simple. Involves a lot of duck fat, um, but uh, yeah, Montreal has some really good food. They've got the uh, smoked meat sandwiches, which are basically corned beef sandwiches. Which they can be good, they can be bad. They have a thing called a chev chaud, which literally means a hot goat, and it's it's a goat cheese sandwich that's uh, that's really quite good for lunch. And then. Um, 
But my favorite story about Canadian food is one time I was um, up in the Northwest Territories, I was fishing and um, we had guides and the guides were First Nations uh, guides from the Dog Rib tribe up uh, literally at the Arctic Circle. And there's this young guy who happened to be the chief. And we were having a shore lunch one day and he, he cuts open the brain of a lake trout and takes out the brains and eats them raw. Oh, and it's apparently a delicacy oh. um, in the Northern First Nation tribes in Canada. So nope. there's trout brain as well in Canada um, as a, uh, as a regional uh, delicacy. Um, but uh, then there's, uh, you know, there's stuff like Timbits, but I mean, we get that. Crap oh. here, so I love Timbits. Timbits. <laughs> Timbits are the same as Dunkin' Donuts. They're same, right? no. They're same no. thing. Dunkin' Munchkins. Same thing. Oh, yeah, I don't they're, see yeah, they're not. I think Timmy's is so I I think Timmy's is better that they're I, at least I had a cake donut and I thought it was delicious. So Timbits, the the only reason I don't like Munchkins and I'm from the Northeast, so I'm like a Dunkin' Donuts connoisseur, <laughs> is because they don't like outside of the chocolate ones and the glazed ones, the other ones just all taste the same to me. They do. They don't That's true. Have any flavor? And you go like when you get Timbits, they all have different flavors. At least like they all taste different. They don't taste the same. That's why I like Timbits better personally. So I will say the Dunkin' Donuts, the glazed ones, they're almost, it's almost like you're needing nothing. They're so yeah. light and fluffy. There's you're nothing to them. Sugar. It's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I will say the poutine in French Canada is better than um, Montreal. Yeah. Mont- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's where, it, you know, it sort of originated in French Canada. Yeah. And like I said, whole cut French fries, fried in duck fat with duck gravy, and then that, um, white cheese i'm not even sure what it is i don't think it really matters at that point but man no, you're it's just so it, good <laughs> so good what i found out when i was in montreal about what two months ago uh that five guys has poutine really oh, yeah. Montreal. Yeah, they, they amazing. Yep. well they've got the fries for it those are perfect fries That's what I was gonna say. It, it was yeah. pretty good i got i have to admit uh, i went a couple times because we were just eating mainly fast food we didn't have a lot of time to but uh, yeah, there was some good food. The hotel we stayed in they had had these breakfasts that were out of this world, and it was included with our room. So we're sitting down there in like jeans and t-shirt in this way too fancy restaurant, eating really good food. But uh, and I, and then when I was in Toronto a couple of weeks later, we stayed uh, up near Markham, that area, which is kind of where our Chris, our correspondent for for Toronto, is up in that way. But uh, I was actually in Thornhill up that way and uh th- there's a very high asian population there so a lot of almost every restaurant is you know at least anything local is asian flavor one way or the other uh so i i did get to have some like i that's the first time i've had real ramen was up there uh, yeah. yeah there's great yeah. uh there are great chinese or asian restaurants um actually chinese primarily um in uh, vancouver best chi- the best yeah. chinese asian food i ever had was in vancouver yeah, I was yeah. I was in Vancouver last uh, last summer for a wedding, and um, we we stayed in the uh, uh, in the Richmond area, and there was just there were there were Asian restaurants all over the place, and um, fish was a was a big yeah. thing out there, yeah. fresh fish. Yep. It was yep. it was good stuff, yep. definitely well, uh, some some of the best that I that I've had for sure. The city of Toronto, I think, has five or the or at least around has five Chinatowns and a Korea town. When mm-hmm. I was there, yeah. it was like. It was uh, they were celebrating Chinese New Year, I think, at that point, and it was it was crazy. It was a blast, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say when 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 
we did go to to Vancouver. The once we once we landed, got our rental car. The we we were it was it was me, my wife, and a, and a couple friends. We were going for a friend's wedding, and uh, I I was so annoying with them because I was like I I was like I need to get to a Tim Hortons now. Right? <laughs> like I don't like I don't I don't care what you get. You know, you guys want to find the the cannabis stores. We need to check into our Airbnb. I don't care. Get me to a Tim Hortons. I want a coffee and a box of Timbits now. Like I was, I was very annoying with with them. But I, but I was like, I need to get there, and uh, it it lived up to my expectations. But I think I had uh, maybe a rose colored glasses when I went to Tim Hortons because I just I've never <laughs> been there. So, well, it, I could say it, I could say uh, I could be swayed by Juliana with the Timbits thing. Uh, because Perfect. I could see why the why the tin bits are probably better than than uh, yeah. the Dunkin' Donuts, but as far as the coffee goes, I am not a fan of Tim Hortons coffee at all. No, and I like no. coffee, I, don't I like, like you know, good Donuts gourmet either. type of coffee, but uh, I, I'm not a fan of it at all. It's just coffee out of a machine. It's like the same stuff you get at a at a gas station here, you know, in Chicago or whatever. To me, that's what it tasted like to me. And I've had it a couple times because I thought maybe I got a bad batch. Maybe I ordered the wrong thing or something like that. And I've tried it several different places and it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, that's what Duncan's turning into up here. Like they're they're like, I don't know, double blending the coffee or something like that, or like double roasting it. It's just not it doesn't taste the same as I don't it like used their to. I don't coffee either. Coffee talk. I, coffee talk. There's <laughs> <laughs> my New York accent. But yeah, I, I I even go to Starbucks like and all I drink is cold brew. I hate Duncan's cold brew. I think mm-hmm. it's disgusting. So I do the same thing. Yeah. Anyone else going to jump in on, on best Canadian foods? Got some opinions on any of this stuff? No. Mine's mine's not a food. No. Mine's a candy. But I went, so I, two of my best friends live in Canada and I went to visit them in January to go to a Leafs Canucks game. And I tried their Smarties, their chocolate covered candies. And those are easily the best chocolate candies I've ever had mm. in my life. They're so good. There was, I, more. I noticed there were similarities from when I was in England last year to, to when I was in Canada. Some of the candy was very similar. Um, you get it in both places, but you don't yeah. get it here in the U.S. Yeah. It's like those air bars yeah. have like uh, the real like the chocolate. Bars, like the, yeah. yeah, the arrow bars. Those are really good, but okay. they don't have them here in the U.S. Yeah, we also have like their our Cadbury here is awful compared to their Cadbury up there. That's true. Like I don't know Very what true. the difference is, but I just like their Cadbury more. And whenever I go there, I buy like a shit ton of it so I can bring it back home because mm-hmm. my parents love it. <laughs> and of course, you claim it at customs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. Of course, I don't sneak it in my uh, luggage or anything. No. But I do want to make a shout out when I was in Denver. The the couple years ago uh voodoo donuts the voodoo donuts and oh i Denver. love voodoo donuts. it's like everything they have is like way too sweet yeah it, it, it they're <laughs> yeah. like works of art when i was like, in high school so when i was in high school in denver i was at, i was on a robotics team we did like actual like competitions mm-hmm. it was fun but um they would just get us this humongous box of voodoo donuts before competitions because they went for like 10 hours so we had to like just sugar high the whole way through and now <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore <laughs> Oh my God. My brother used to do robotics and he went upstate for a trip once. And literally the only thing he had the entire day was like a bacon, egg and cheese from Duncan. And he got it at six o'clock in the morning and they were, they weren't done until like eight o'clock at night. Yep. That's robotics. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's awful. It's, it's like, it's so much fun and it's cool to watch, but it's just so long. It's funny. It on energy drinks. 
we competed yeah. in um in magnus arena where do you compete so that whole like area is super familiar which is fun awesome I will say when I was in Canada, uh, I did try Gretzky's whiskey. Pretty good. Hmm, interesting. I just found out that existed like two days ago. I yeah, I, I, I'm just learning now. I didn't even realize <laughs> it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. He's he's got his own uh, his own whiskey. It's it's. I mean, I've seen it at Benny's too, so it's it's available. It's around. Okay. It's yeah, it's around for sure. But um, yeah, my my buddy got a bottle of it when we were up there, and we had we had some of it. it was It was pretty good. Not not the not the the worst uh, celebrity alcohol that I've seen. So. <laughs> hey, bad. if we're bringing up whiskey, Screwball whiskey, with a little bit of grape juice in it, the PB and J, because Screwball is uh, peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, peanut butter whiskey. That's the it, it oh, is that good. That's good. Yeah, and I'm not is. a drinker. I'm not a big drinker at all. Like I'm not either. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, I saw someone on my hockey team who actually put jelly in with the screwball whiskey and mixed it up in the drink. That is a shot. Mm. So speaking of Canada and um, intoxicants, um, not including <laughs> alcohol, um, I, I am working on getting a uh, the pot doctor of Canada to guest on our on our podcast here, um, who also happens to be one of our very big Blackhawks fan. Oh, oh, oh be amazing. Heart. So I've got a feeler <laughs> out to him and I've known Mike for uh, eight or nine years. Um, really good guy. So we'll see if we could get him on the show. You do a bonus episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot. He does a lot of work with NHL players in, in, uh, in training and uh, really smart guy. And uh, it, he's a big Hawk fan too. So we'll see if we can get Mike on. Did he work awesome. with Mike Richards at all? I don't know. He well, funny. So they're both from Newfoundland. <laughs> I, actually, no, not Mike Richards. I'm thinking of Brad Richards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike is from is from Newfoundland. I think Brad Richards is from Prince Edward Island. But so they're Maritimes guys too. So it's a it's a Canada thing. That would be fun. That would be a yeah. good time. That would be pretty sweet. All right. Well, to wrap things up, I think we'll go around that. We'll go around the whole uh, the table here. Just um, what have you been doing for the last? three weeks to keep yourself sane what's been going through your head just random thought anything just give us a little idea what what's been going on in your in your world uh and then we'll get out of here for for the night so we'll we'll start with uh mr jekyll since he's my top left on my screen so uh, um, what have you been doing so uh, i've been doing a lot of work uh we've had uh, some layoffs at, at my office so there's been a lot of adjustments with that fortunately very fortunately and gratefully i was not one of those people uh, but, uh, so there's that and that's been stressful. Um, I was I, myself pushing 400 pounds as of about two weeks ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've gone back, on, gone back on intermittent fasting. Um, and, uh, so far so good. That usually works for me. And, uh, so other than that though, it's like, I don't know what day it is today. Today was my wedding anniversary. I didn't know what the anniversary. So that's, that's, I, I don't think my story is special, but uh, yes, legitimately I was probably pushing three bills. And uh, I, I did notice that I think your lovely wife did tune into the web, uh, the, the Facebook live. So uh, we, we all want to say a happy anniversary, even though John didn't. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to go uh, clockwise here. So Juliana on my screen, you're next. Oh, I've been doing a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I'm still in school. It's my senior year. So it kind of sucks that this is all happening and that I can't go back to Boston except about 
of my apartment, but I'm still in class. So I have class on Mondays and Wednesdays, still doing stuff for the pride. So I've been busy, but right when this whole quarantine started, I had knee surgery. It was pretty minor. So I've been recovering from that, trying to get my strength back up in my leg, taking my dog for walks because that's the only thing I can really do. Um, you know, it's pretty, there's a, it's, it's going, it's big here in New York. So like, we can't really go out and mm-hmm. do as much as some other states, I guess. And it, mm-hmm. we're a little bit more hesitant to go places and go to the store. So just kind of in the house, just teaching myself new skills with good design, taking class, just working, doing a whole bunch of nothing besides that. That's going to be, I think, a lot of people's answers. Most yeah. of it. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, you're next. Um, yeah, I'm also in school. So I do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which I'm not I'm not good at remote school. Um, I think it's ADHD. No, me either. Not, not really doing well. I honestly, it, um, I honestly think it's so much harder. Yeah, I mean, I was doing really well, actually, before this all happened. And now I, I just... Eh, it'll happen. Um, and then I work every other day. So I've been really busy. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Mario. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've been, uh, you know, walking my dog seems like five times a day and, um, just trying to be, uh, trying to be safe and, and everything. I, uh, I visited my parents, you know, at a safe distance this last uh, couple of days ago and yelled at him from the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I just helped him around the house. And I yeah. actually, you know, I was, I was there just to see them in person. Cause it was just like, okay, I, I can stay far enough away from you guys. I'm, I'm not going to hang around in the house, you know, just, just to, you know, be, be as safe as possible. But like mm-hmm. just seeing people in person was like great. Yeah. So it was good to, good to visit them, see them a little bit. I also did pick up something um, from their house that is uh, a new form, a new slash old form of entertainment for me. Um, I picked up my original Xbox. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I still my, have mine somewhere. I should pull it out. Yeah, yeah. And my plethora of games, which includes both NHL 2002 and 2006. Wow. So I wow. am I'm firing up some some old, terrible Blackhawks teams and trying to to rebuild them the one thing i the one thing i forgot about nhl 06 is that both brent seabrook and duncan keith are not in the game which is bogus because they both played on that team in 2005 so i'm a little little upset about that yeah a little upset well it's original xbox so there's no Mm. online updates every two weeks like you know the new game. So, so I'm just going through some old nostalgia, trying to entertain myself and stay busy. Um, like I said before, I'm, I'm going to be finishing up that, uh, ice hogs, um, season wrap up piece. I'll be doing that by the end of, uh, by the end of this week should be good. should be good to go this weekend. Awesome. Sean, what have you been up to? Um, so I'm fortunate enough to be working from home as well. Um, I deal in, Uh, security cameras and like internet cabling so i've been quoting a lot of thermal cameras to people um i actually sold uh, 125 cameras to a contractor that installed them at metro south hospital out in blue island as one of the alternate sites here in illinois so Mm -hmm. i've been kind of crazy doing that uh during the day my wife is a a fourth grade teacher 
So she's got the, she does like a video chat during the day and then reads, she's got the Harry Potter picture books. So she reads, reads to her kids, any kids that want to come and do a little chat in the afternoon. I generally catch myself listening when I'm on lunch. <laughs> um, the Anna Chamber of Secrets is great. Um, and then oh I've kind of been, I've been obsessed with, uh, we don't have sports to follow. So I've just been following the, the pandemic on Twitter. I'm actually going to buy the flu pandemic book that everybody keeps referencing about the 1918 flu and read that. And I just finished mm. reading uh, Michael Lewis's The Fifth Risk, which kind of talks about just civil servants and how, like what the transition was from the Obama administration to the current administration. Um, and I know Michael Lewis is pretty much famous for Moneyball. And that's the only other book I'd ever read by him. So that was kind of, mm -hmm. kind of that. And then just kind of, um, my sister's got a 10 month old, uh, little boy. And so we get uh, videos and pictures of him. And he, since the quarantine has started, he's gone from not being able to crawl to army crawl to crawling to he was just walking with like a, like a push thing today. So Aww. I think he's going to be walking and he's already like, my sister's like, he doesn't stop. And I'm like, he's going to be walking and you're going to, you're going to lose, you're going to be done. So yeah, you, that's the worst part is when they start walking because you could lay them down and they can't move. They, then you're good when they can move. Yeah. All bets are off. So that, <laughs> those are like the highlights of my day. When we get, when we FaceTime, we, we FaceTime them a couple of times and he gets like, and grabs the phone or knocks it over and, or he'll realize you're talking to him and he'll just go and then flash the smile. So mm -hmm. That's what we've been doing to stay That's sane. good. Good. Matt, I know you, we haven't gone to you much, uh, and I apologize for that, but no, Matt, no what, have you been, what have you been doing? Uh, also, I've been fortunate enough to work from home, so that's that's been good. Um, I work for a garage door com parts company, so we sell all kinds of garage door parts all over uh, the U.S. Um, so I, I do a bunch of website work, so I've been keeping busy with that, learning new stuff there, learning new ways of doing it because it's not at the office anymore. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, um, playing some old school video games. Keep saying too, playing a little GameCube. Um, not not an Xbox guy as a kid, you know, more of a GameCube guy. So GameCube. That's, that was that was my system. But, what's, but the go was, what's the go-to game? Uh, Animal Crossing for sure. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Uh, for sure the, okay. the go-to. And we even have a Switch over here too. So yeah, we're playing Ooh, the newest one, go. and that's been that's been pretty sweet. That new one is. It's worth playing. It's worth having. It's I've been I've been hearing a lot about Animal Crossing. Can I get a quick synopsis of what it is? Please. Um. So, <laughs> essentially, you move to a town that's populated by animal villagers, mm -hmm. and you're in debt to a raccoon. You pay off <laughs> debt. So oh, Lucas is sell, exactly like, right, guys. You, like, <laughs> you, like, sell, like, you can like gather fruit and like fish and catch butterflies. Um. And as you pay off your debt, you can like improve your house. Um. In previous games, you can only really decorate the inside of your house. There's like a lot of furniture to collect. But the new one, you can like decorate the whole island and like change it. So I played every game in the like series, but this one's definitely the best. It oh, sounds like good. the plot to Guardians of the Galaxy Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when does Thor show up then? <laughs> you just do the snap. Oh man. So what? Uh, you, you, that's that's about it, Matt. You you just hanging in there? So yeah. Yeah, just hanging in here. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool, Marie. Well, how, how have you been keeping together? I know if if you don't if you don't follow Marie, 
she writes books as well. So she doesn't just cover hockey. She writes books about hockey players. I do not write books about hockey. I should write books about well, hockey players. It's, uh, it's actually a very hot-selling yeah. little sub-speech in my genre. But no, yeah. I, yeah, my day job is writing romance novels. Mm-hmm. I have the fourth book in a four-book series to write, and I just knocked it out in record time for me. I'm not a super-fast writer, so record time for me. Apparently not having sports it's really good for my productivity because there's no reason to open Twitter. I open Twitter and everybody's just, you know, arguing over who's social distancing the best. Yeah. Screaming at each other. I don't want it. Yeah. So when there's no hockey and no football for me to follow on Twitter, then I end up actually doing my work and writing a book. So anyway, Mm -hmm. wrote my book. um, I knit. That's my other hobby. (laughs) That's about all I've been doing. Yeah. Eric, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, we were, we had been planning on moving for a while, um, just moving to a different apartment in the same town. And uh, we kind of were getting a little bit nervous about if we would be able to do that. So we actually sped up the process a little bit and made sure that we would be able to do that. Um, So we moved um, pretty much about a month ago. So still trying to get settled in here. There's still tons to get put away and figure out where things need to go and cleaning and everything um so that's a big thing um and my dad needed me to make a website for his business um so i spent a lot of time last week putting that together um i'd done some kind of like nothing overly special websites in the past but actually making like a a pretty professional one um was definitely a a new skill that I had to learn. So just kind of figuring that all out. And um, yeah, those pretty much been the two big things. Well, congratulations on the move. (laughs) I know it's probably good for you guys, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our, our old apartment was just not good. There was mold issues and all kinds of And where we are now is a, everything is brand new um it's a building from 1915 that they pretty much like gutted out and redid everything so mm-hmm. it's in absolutely perfect condition and everything so it's awesome cool awesome nice yeah uh i mean i've been doing the same thing you guys have been doing i work from home every day i have since like march my birthday march 11th i think uh and i've probably left my neighborhood three times in the last month and a half uh, the, the closest thing I do is go to the gas station if I need something or the local grocery store. We don't spend much time in there. And my kids are doing their virtual learning from home. Uh, my wife does lectures. Uh, she's way smarter than I am. And uh, she does lectures for UIC. So, uh, yeah, uh, she's she's doing that stuff. But uh, luckily in my industry, I do IT work. And uh, I don't want to get too particular, but uh, I do IT work and people are definitely dipping into the it market right now especially the government and healthcare and and stuff like that so we're as busy as can be uh and i'm planning on being as busy as can be through probably the rest of the year so uh and then actually i'll be honest uh i miss hockey oh you know i do miss hockey but there's sometimes when i'm like god i'm kind of glad this painful season isn't going on right now because it, it was really starting to get to be tiring and uh you know it was it was it was going to end the way it was going to end uh the blackhawks were going to do much better than they are right now and, and 
they weren't going to make the playoffs and it was just going to kind of die. They were going to die a slow death through March and in, 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 into the first you know week of April. So I'm not really uh, missing. Uh, yeah, sorry, those of us here in Colorado can't quite play, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys had big plans. You guys had big plans. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, was sh- Aaron was getting the parade ready. Yeah. <laughs> and He's Ray would have said a parade to the second round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Getting the, getting the GU parade ready. Yeah. So, well, I think we're going to keep doing this uh, probably every couple weeks. Maybe if anything important happens and we want to get together, we'll just do it when we feel it's relevant. But uh, uh, I'm going to recently release this as a podcast. Uh, you know, thanks for everyone for, for uh, you know, joining the call today. But uh, make sure you guys head over to uh, www.ashrink.com. See all our good, uh, you know, stuff. Eric's got something coming out soon. There you go, uh, Sean. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you Sean. go. Representing. I want to see that tattooed on your arm next time. <laughs> I, I I don't think I couldn't survive a needle like that. <laughs> no, no They're tattoo really shops not that are bad, open. I promise. I, I got autoimmune bad. issues. That's why I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, follow us on all the Twitters and everything like that. I will in in the description. I will have everyone tagged with all their Twitter uh, tags and everything like that. So follow everyone. And uh, rate review us, rate review the podcast. There's going to be some changes as far as the podcast goes. So, uh, well, you know, that that's that's coming up, but uh, everything's and good. Here. Speaking Don, of which, speaking yeah. of which uh, sorry for the interruption. No, 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 you're if, fine. If uh, anyone out there among our uh, illustrious and large and growing listener base is uh, interested in being an advertiser on the Ringcast, uh, we've got a place for you. And uh, it's... Uh, uh, a very cost-effective opportunity in terms of your your outlay to to be our advertiser, um, and uh, you you may this may come as some surprise, but uh, rink listeners tend to be uh, affluent and discerning and uh, very interested in hockey, but also other things like alcohol. Um, so <laughs> um, you know, just uh, send either Jeff or myself, or uh, send a DM to the uh, to the rink official account at Twitter. Um, if you're interested and we can talk about it and uh, work something out. Um, so anyway, yes. Oh yeah. You can use the email address staff at the dash rink.com. That will get you. If you want to do it that way, uh, several different ways of, of getting that done. So yeah. Uh, so I think we're good, right? Good. Okay. Good. Well, hey. I guess with, with all that being said, uh, as, as I normally finish the ring cast until next episode, See you on the rink.